This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. They couldn't believe I didn't watch The Office. I've never seen The Office. Don't know about The Office. <laughs> Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Zings it for the end zone. Caught by Kelsey on a slant. Touchdown, Kansas City. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Jay Tittleman, a three for the tie. Off the backboard, it's gone. Jay Tittleman makes it in. Off the buzzer, and we've got overtime. Everything happening in the sports world. As you know, Monty, Vaughn's been working on a couple of new pitches, the Eliminator and the Humiliator to complement his fastball, the Terminator. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I fear the Reaper today. Yeah, because I, I feel too. I just feel like death warms over today. <laughs> I really do. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always... The most popular man at McPherson, and for sure today, the most exhausted man at McPherson, <laughs> Mr. Steve Sell. Are you okay? I'm fine. How's your hand? Your fingers, have they cramped up? They're a, li- they're a little sore today, I'll have to admit. I think we have 21 stories posted on the website today. Steve has been sitting back at the typewriter, back in his own office, and doing this. <laughs> Over and over and over again, all morning long, cranking out stories at Mid-Kansas Online. Man, you, of- you you are one hard worker. I'll give you that credit. Well, we also got a ton of pictures from Kendall Shaw. Oh, the K-Man. He's all over it because... His tennis pictures were... Un- I mean, all his pictures are great, but his tennis pictures were just really fantastic today. Yesterday was one of the biggest sports days of the year for us. I don't know if we will have another day that is quite as busy as that one was. There might be some at some point where all these same teams are playing, but for all of them to be at home on a beautiful day where the weather is good, there's no rain delays, it's a unique day. It wasn't cold. I I think Steve was cold, but it was not cold outside. Right. But what a day yesterday. Yeah. I want to talk about that day a little bit more later on. And I wanted to break off and do something a little different here to begin this show, Steve. I haven't briefed you for this. Okay. But we want to talk about that. I also want to talk about one of the biggest news today coming out of the NFL in terms of a very well-liked wide receiver around these parts retiring. Okay, I have not I don't think you've seen it yet, so we'll talk about that here in a minute. But first off, you and I, before we went on the air yesterday for our baseball broadcast, I started to get some news down the wire, and that was that good friend and coach of my Arkansas Razorbacks, Mike Anderson, was fired. And some of you may be thinking, okay, Jim, where where are you going with this? And the point I wanted to make here, and the way I wanted to shift this conversation, is how much slack are we supposed to give coaches these days when it comes to college athletics for the most part? Sometimes in the NFL, the NFL, the NBA, sometimes it's a little touchier because it's not about building programs as it is winning immediately. We saw this with KU football over the last couple of years, Steve, moving on from coaches very quickly. But I I, I think it's different with 
David Beatty, Turner Gill, Charlie Weiss, comparing that to some of the other college basketball coaches that have been let go here in the last couple of days and the last couple of weeks, and beginning for me with Mike Anderson at Arkansas. Your Arkansas Razorbacks. My Arkansas Razorbacks, and I don't do this all that often, is yeah. dive into something that is almost strictly about something that we don't really cover. Yeah. But I, I can translate it into a bigger conversation. Mike Anderson has a very good resume. He has never had a losing season. In his time at Arkansas, he was 67 games above 500. He made the tournament three out of the last four years, not including this past year. He was 78-64 and 64 in the conference, 2-3 and three in the NCAA tournament, had a chance a couple of years ago to beat North Carolina in the tournament, who went on to win the national championship. And I'm just wondering, in terms of a person that you want to lead your program, in terms of a person who has a great resume, in terms of a person who has great character, I don't know if you could find a lot better person to lead a program. Tim Miles at the University of Nebraska, very similar situation. He hasn't had quite as much success, but a very good person, a very positive person, somebody that represents your program well. Well, he was let go, of course. Ooh, I had not heard that. So there are so many different changes, especially in college basketball. And there are some K-State fans, I'm sure, in the last couple of years that have wanted a change in their head coach. KU fans, I don't think, are in that same conversation. But there's a lot of demand for success, and there's a lot of demand for winning. And a stat that I found in, in reading into this is that every school in the SEC, except for Kentucky and South Carolina, has changed head basketball coaches at least once since 2014. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That, that, that is, is five years. That's, that's, that is crazy. And 12 out of the 14 teams have made changes. So there might be people that are in the opinion of, well, sometimes change is good. Sometimes you have to make these moves in order to better your program. And I was certainly a proponent of that with David Beatty for the KU football program, oh, yeah. that you could tell they were not going up. Right. It wasn't a stagnant thing. They were not going up. And it was a program that needed a change. But with some of these programs, Steve, my question becomes, what more can you ask for? What more can you ask for from a coach who is a great representation and a great person to put at the face of your program, at the face of your university. We have these conversations sometimes at the smaller level with schools like McPherson College or D2 schools. Who else would you rather have in there? And that's the question I was asking myself yesterday. I know that there are people throughout the great state of Arkansas that were ready to make a move, but I just didn't feel like it was the time. Well, I think some of these fans have to realize you are who you are. Arkansas is not going to be Duke. It's not going to be Kentucky. It's not going to be, well, when KU was, you know, really, really good. It's not going to be KU. It's going to be a very good program. The days of uh, Nolan Richardson, you know, those came along, and they it was a great run. And schools often only get one just incredible run like that and then are just pretty good the rest of the time. So I think you have to understand – I mean, it's not like how many how many McDonald's All Americans in the top twenty five have Arkansas on their list? They're not looking probably at not many. Yeah, unless they're from Arkansas. Yeah, they're not. Which is the same thing for a school like Nebraska, right? A school like Kansas State, right? How many McDonald's All Americans are going to go to Kansas State? Yeah, any? I, yeah, I mean none. Yeah, you know? not not many. Yeah, maybe I mean the McDonald's. The McDonald's All Americans basically have about ten teams that they choose from. 
and it's up to the you know coaches at those others you know the the non blue bloods. It's up to those coaches to find like the that that unearth that gem. Uh, ja, what was his last name? Ja Morant. Ja Morant. You got to find unearth players like that. You know, you got to just kind of stumble on the players like that. But Mike Anderson, I remember him from Missouri. Did a That's good, right. job, did a nice job at Missouri, and he was on all of Nolan Richardson's I think staffs. Did he, did he ever coach at Tulsa? I'm not sure if he coached Tulsa. He played at Tulsa. To he my knowledge, he did play at Tulsa, and he was there with Richardson, right? And he played in the. I can remember he played in the JUCO tournament with Paul Pressey when they had that uh, Nolan Richardson's great team uh, from Texas was just incredible. And Mike Anderson has done nothing to discredit Arkansas. They've been pretty good. But uh, I didn't know about Tim Miles either. I think Tim Miles has done a pretty good job at Nebraska. And, you know, both of those schools are still regarded as football schools. They really are. Even though they haven't had great success in football in recent years, they're still thought of as football schools before they're thought of as basketball schools. Is there a time, Steve, when it comes to some of these coaches, and I know that winning is important, I get that, and I know that NCAA tournament success is important, but is there a moment where you just want to stick with somebody because they're doing the right things. They're not getting you in trouble. They're a great face for your program. You're having players graduate. Is there a time where you get to a point where you say, okay, we're, we're continuing to, to trend upward. We're making the NIT. We're not falling under 500. Is there a time where schools can begin to say things like that? Or is this just 100% about making the NCAA tournament and winning? That's what it seems to be anymore. I, I just think... I just think our thinking has gotten very skewed and we've lost track of, uh, of coaches graduating their players, uh, you know, running a clean program. Uh, everyone's all about making the final four. I mean, that's all anybody ever thinks about. We know there's so much cheating that goes on in college athletics. And, you know, the bottom line is you don't want to get caught, you know, and there's a lot of programs right now that are doing a lot of illegal things. They haven't been caught but eventually you get caught. But if you have a guy like Mike Anderson, he's never had – I don't think he's ever had one brush with the NCAA and no. wherever he's been. So, you know, I, I it's – winning at all costs is just – it's like it's just taking over the world. Now, let me ask you this. You've been covering college athletics and high school athletics for a lot longer than I have been alive that was meant to be a shot, but it's, yeah. it's a test to your knowledge yeah, and your 40, wisdom. Almost 45 years, yeah. So when I look back, it feels like 30 years ago, 40 years ago, there was more leeway. And maybe there wasn't as much money invested at the time. Maybe it's because there wasn't as much attention to winning and losing. But it feels like 30 years ago, 20 years ago, there was more leeway given to coaches to give them time to build a program. Am, am I wrong with that assessment? I don't. I, I don't. Or do think, you think it's about the same? Oh no, I think coaches many many years ago got a lot more leeway, and and I point to AAU basketball has really changed everything too. I think summer basketball has just changed the entire culture. You know, to me, uh, some of that, some of the big time AAU, not like the MAYB or anything, but the big time. AAU, it's gotten pretty seedy. It really has. I mean, you've got, you know, you've got guys that are taking teams all over the country in the summer, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on chaperoning 12 kids around the country to AAU tournaments. And that's why, you know, uh, the win at all costs has really just become prevalent in college. And you're just not given 
that much time to develop a program. You know, a lot of, a lot of programs give you about three years, and if you haven't made any progress in three years, it's out the door. What about at the high school level? Do you think it's very similar to what it was 30 years ago, or do you think there's a more enhanced version that they need you to win? I, I don't. Or do you think, think it's about the same? I think high school isn't near what college is. I don't, I don't see it as much in high school because, you know, if you find a, a good guy, you know, even if he you know has some bad years in there, I think you kind of stick with him. And, I mean, a lot of coaches in high school, they're, they're there a long time. You look at Big First and High, of course, they've had great success. But, but I've been it here. helps when they've won a lot. I've been here 40 years. I've had three coaches, three boys coaches. And what, about six girls coaches? Yeah, and, and really, the last two, in the last 27 years, I've only had two girls coaches. So, it's just been, in fact, I think I've only had five girls coaches overall since I've been here. I was a little bit upset by it. I've been reading reactions, and for the most part, I was surprised with how much people were invested in my guy, Mike Anderson. A lot of the players went to social media to react, and that surprised me too. Now, that doesn't surprise me because I think, you know, players in college, they don't go more for – they go to play for the coach, in my opinion, except for, you know, the Blue Bloods. But I think they go to play for the coach. They want to play for – who doesn't want to play for John Calipari? He gets you in the NBA. Who doesn't want to play for Mike Shusevsky or Bill Self? I mean, they go for the coach. They don't go for that much for the school. You think you think uh, Diedrich Lawson went to KU because of KU? No, he went for Bill Self because he knows Bill Self will get him in the NBA. So it's been an interesting day of me reading reactions to that, but I wanted to bounce that off of you. Yeah. A little different spin on things. Sure. And I hope K-State fans can remember that too because yeah. it wasn't long ago that they were ready to give Bruce Weber the axe. Yeah. And look at them now. I know they didn't have their success in the tournament this year. But they won the Big 12. You win the Big 12. They've won the Big 12 twice in six years. I just hope that you can remember these things. Yeah. And remember that, as Michael Jordan would say, the ceiling is the sky. What did he say? The sky is the ceiling. The sky is the ceiling. He had some weird quote. I don't remember. I never saw that quote. So, Steve, let's take our first break. I want to talk about the busy day yesterday and recapping that. But first, I want to throw out a breaking news story to you today as well. There you go. We'll do that go. next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon, it's according to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, I've got some breaking news for you. Okay. I alluded to it earlier that a very well-liked wide receiver has retired from the NFL. Very well-liked in this area. Jordy Nelson. Maybe. Jordy Nelson. That would have been my guess, was Jordy Nelson. Former K-State Wildcat decided to hang it up today. I know that he was released a couple of days ago by the Oakland Raiders, and so he is going to turn 34 at some point in this year but at 33 he's retiring and I wanted to get your instant reaction to that for somebody that had a terrific NFL career you know I watched Jordy Nelson at the state track meet 
Ooh. Back when he was in high school for, I think it was Riley County. There you go. And what an amazing athlete he was at the state track meet. And for him, to, his career just kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think anyone would have ever imagined when he was running the state track meet, you know, in Wichita, that he was going to be an all-pro receiver, play in the NFL for about, what, 11, 10 or 11 years, 12 years, whatever it was, and have the success he did. What an incredible athlete, though. You know, for a guy his size to have his speed and then to also have the hands. You know, he wasn't highly recruited for football out of high school. I don't really think he was recruited I, at all. Yeah, I don't. I think didn't he walk on at K State? Yeah, or, or, yeah. So anyway, uh, uh, and he always handled himself with a lot of class. And what a career he had! And and I'm sure he's going to go back. I, I know he has real strong ties still to Manhattan and Riley County. So I wouldn't be surprised if he heads back there and you know spends a lot of time at K State games. And what a great career! Is he not the perfect embodiment of Bill Snyder? In his program oh, at yeah. K State, I think gyms. he is the guy that you would point to. I I don't think Darren Sproles quite as much. I, I mean, I know that he would be in that category, but to me, it is. I think it's Jordy Nelson. Oh yeah. I, I think he's the guy that you point to and go, that is Bill Snyder's program. That is Kansas State football over the last twenty five years. Right. I think he's the type of guy that you look at and go, okay, he's the he's what you would envision with this program, a small-town Kansas kid that Coach Snyder and that staff made incredible. Now, did he have any part of his college career where it was Ron Prince? I don't think so. There might have been some crossover there, there at some yeah, point. Yeah, there might have been. Now, Because Snyder's been back almost 10 years, and Prince was three years, so he probably caught, at some point, he caught some of the Ron Prince. And, you know, K-Staters always just say, oh, Ron Prince. Well, it wasn't like Ron Prince was super terrible when he was there. I think he was about. It was just a little different than what they. Had I been think used he was to. about a game or two under five hundred. I, I think he made a bowl appearance. He just K Stater. It's it's you know K Stater's never warmed up to him like they haven't warmed up to Bruce Weber. Even though Bruce Weber has done more at K State than what Ron Prince did. K K Staters, you know, they're very specific in the coaches that they embrace, and of course they embrace Bill Snyder. They have not embraced uh, Bruce Weber. I think the new coach. Chris Kleiman, is it Kleiman? Yes. I think they're really going to like Chris Kleiman. I don't think it's going to take long for them to embrace Chris Kleiman. I think he's going to be a real sleeper at K-State. I think he could turn in that a great program. Answer my quick research. Recruited by Snyder, walk-on and redshirt in 2003 and 2004. 2005 was Snyder's last year. Okay. And that would have been his first year really playing. And then 2006 and 2007 were both Ron Prince years. Okay. So the bulk of his success at K-State was under Ron Prince. Okay. I think Josh Freeman would have been his quarterback at that time too. But he's the embodiment of what I think anybody that wears purple mm -hmm. and throws up the Emaw and the yeah. Wildcat with your yeah. – I, I think that is the guy that everybody can turn to and say, he's our guy. Yeah. You mentioned Josh Freeman. Boy, did that guy just – didn't he just kind of disappear – out of the league, it seemed like. He just, he was gone. Let's see what he was He was at doing. Tampa Bay. He had a couple of decent years. Yeah, I think he was at Tampa Bay for a couple of years, and I think he. Well, I know you could say he disappeared, but in 2018, star quarterback for the Montreal Alouettes. Oh. Most recently in the NFL in 2015 with the Indianapolis Colts. Okay, so he's gone on to carve out a few more years of 
Because Canadian, that's pretty good football up in Canada. You want to make a road trip and watch some CFL sometime? No. You have your passport? No. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have figured. I've got to get my birth certificate to get my passport. <laughs> I, I, gotta, I still haven't got my birth certificate, which disappeared in the thin air somehow. <laughs> All right, Steve, let's wrap up today's show after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Ramping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, I think you have 376 stories up at midkansasonline.com after yesterday's busy, busy, busy day. Do you want to try and do our best here to recap what happened yesterday? Do well, you think you can do it off the top of your head? Well, I know there were five McPherson High sports in action yesterday. Uh, soccer, the Bullpup soccer team, 8-0 over Augusta. Uh, baseball split, softball split. And, uh, you know, we got to see, you know, we covered the baseball game on the radio yesterday. Softball had a nice win in uh, game two uh, against Great Bend after losing a heartbreaker in the game one, a two-to-one game to, to a really good Andover team. So that gives the Bullpup some hope. And then, of course, the tennis tournament, Jared Novak won the singles championship. Uh, the Bullpups, I think, were second in the uh, team standings. And then Abby Bradstreet's. McFirst Night Girls swimming team made it two for two, and that's amazing to me because, you know, they're they're basically the other teams have about three times as many swimmers as the Bullpups, and yet the Bullpups are they've won two invitationals in two meets. So that, in a nutshell, is what happened at least in McPherson. And we also had Inman Little River had a lot of baseball softball there. Smokey and Heston played tennis against each other down at Heston, and they also played baseball and softball against each other. Uh, so we got stories on those. Um, just, you know, it, it's all cranking up now. We're not used to having so many sports in March. I no. will say that. Normally, nothing starts till about April. You might have a smattering, you know, maybe a soccer game in March and a tennis tournament in March. But, I mean, McPherson and I, baseball and softball, 40% of their season is going to be done after Thursday. And that's kind of crazy because that will be six games. Is that 40%? Six out of 20, is that correct? That sounds right. Yeah, I think that is. So 40% of their well, season. Well, probably not no. 40. That would be 30%. 30% of their season, though. Math is not our strong suit. No, no. 2 plus 2 equals 5. But anyway, um, <laughs> 30% of the season is already over after this week. So almost a third of the season is gone after this week. Now, there's been a little bit of movement for what is coming up tomorrow. They have moved the track and field meet that was going to be at Andale on Friday up until Thursday. So that has added on to another gauntlet of a day for tomorrow. Girls soccer in their invitational semifinals tomorrow night against Andover Central. Boys JV golf team will be on the road at Winfield. Tennis will be back in action. Baseball and softball playing again against Winfield. So we thought that yesterday was a busy day. It's going to continue to be almost just as busy tomorrow. Yeah, and I know there's a lot of area sports on Thursday as well. So um, Friday's going to be another day chock full of activities on midkansasonline.com. Um, and you know, we also had a lot of, we had some college things happen yesterday that we posted online 
And, and I, like I said, check out Kendall Shaw's photos. They are unbelievable. He's the man. The K-man. He's unbelievable. We got to see baseball's full doubleheader. Their win against Great Bend in game number one. And a very, I thought, solid performance by that team. Game number two, they ran into a buzzsaw, I think as we phrased it, in Thane McDaniel, who is Junction City's number one starter. Maybe the number one pitcher in the entire state. Could be. Going to pitch for the Jayhawks next year. And he was in the zone with 11 strikeouts and five innings. And that is never easy, especially in your first games of the year. Some of the first times that you're seeing live pitching and you're facing a guy who will be pitching in the Big 12 next year. I thought they really took some pretty good at-bats, and it was not a hesitant 11 strikeouts. Right. It's not like they were just going up there and taking fastballs right down the middle and right. going back to the dugout. But a tough way to begin just your second game of the year. Yeah, but they. Re- I thought the first game they really – uh, took advantage of everything Great Ben gave them. Great Ben, a team, several players back from a team that made state last year in Class 5A. And Junction City's probably going to make the 6A state tournament this year. So the Bullpups really got kind of a good measuring stick where they're at. And, boy, when you look on the field, there is not very much experience out there for the Bullpups. So they're going to be learning on the fly. They've got like nine freshmen out of their 24-man roster. Uh, some of those, a couple of those freshmen played key roles yesterday. Uh, Aiden Hoover started, and he also did some pitching. Simon Bays came in, did a nice job defensively uh, when he got in there. Courtney Collins or Courtney Craig went down with an injury, so Simon Bays had to come in, and and uh, you know it. This is the most inexperienced team Coach Gerstner's ever had by far, and I think they'll be just fine. I think tomorrow's doubleheader is really big. It's a Winfield team that. Traditionally, they either split with or win both. They never, I don't think they hardly ever get swept by Winfield, but they're at home, so they got to feel like they want to win two games tomorrow. Tomorrow, we also will not be broadcasting baseball. But we'll be, I'll be out there. We'll, we'll be out there while yeah. the Royals will be going on for their opening day. We will be at soccer tomorrow night with a late, late 8 o'clock game. And we will have the Royals on in the afternoon, correct? Yes. Okay. So we'll be out at soccer, but Royals opening day as they take on the Chicago White Sox. I want to talk about the Royals a little bit more tomorrow, Steve, and your projections for what's going to happen throughout the rest of this season. I know you have your predictions up at MidKansasOnline.com. And tomorrow I'll have my Royals. I'll kind of break down the Royals in my column tomorrow. So those of you that are interested, hold off on reading his column today if you want to listen to us talk about it tomorrow because I thought we were going to get to it today and other things popped up in my life like all of my teams just crumbling in front of me. (laughs) The Royals aren't any good. Arkansas doesn't have a basketball coach. The football team won two games. I'm losing it, Steve. I'm oh, losing I, my mind. Well, I don't have anything to live for anymore. I have no mind to lose, so I don't worry about losing my mind. A little senile. Yeah. I sure hope not. we got to keep you around. <laughs> now, you got to keep typing away back there. Tap, 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 oh, tap, yeah. tap, 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 tap. Yeah. That's all I heard all morning. Oh, yeah. Proud was, of you, Steve. Yeah, I've, I don't think I have any... Uh, no ID. Fingers? I don't know. <laughs> I have fingers. I just don't think you can get a fingerprint off of it because it's all worn down. <laughs> he just started showing me his hand. I don't think I have any fingers. Yeah, it's kind of like Chandler Wire. You could tell he was getting a blister because he kept rubbing his fingers yesterday. There you go. Wrapping up today's show for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. 
Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.